What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's late night, Friday night. I meant to record this this morning, but uh, just given the news, I just uh, it, I, I wasn't in a mood to talk about sports. Had to take some time. They got even worse when the Avalanche lost at home, but it was an awesome night on Thursday night for our guy, David Roddy. Number 23rd overall pick, uh, technically selected by Philadelphia, but really by Memphis, the way that they word it in the NBA is so silly. Our guy bet on himself in a major way and it absolutely paid off. So we're going to try and keep the, the vibes solid on this one. I know that there are a lot of people out there feeling extremely angry, extremely frustrated at the moment, and I, I completely get it. It's It's very disheartening to see just the progress that's been undone, but you know, we'll, we'll move through it. I know there's nothing I can say on this podcast that's going to make anybody feel better or anything like that, or, you know, it's going to be some groundbreaking point that nobody's ever made. So hopefully I can, you know, provide a a little bit of distraction on this one. And, you know, we can all just kind of, kind of focus on something really cool because the fact of the matter is David Roddy, the third first round draft pick in CSU men's basketball history. Uh, first guy to get drafted in almost a decade, Colton Iverson back in 2013. He never ended up panning out in the NBA. Before him, it was obviously Jason Smith all the way back in 2007, drafted by Miami technically, and then ultimately sent to Philadelphia. On this podcast, I'm going to give you just my opening thoughts. Uh, I'm going to give the pros, the cons of being drafted by Memphis, mostly pros, uh, talk a little bit about what Roddy needs to show. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now, so I'm not gonna not gonna ramble, or at least I'm going to try not to. And then I'll just kind of give some final thoughts on the NBA draft evaluation process and and just kind of how silly it is. How you know we look so hard for flaws and prospects that I think really good basketball players can get overlooked for these these just weird things like age and you know teams like really chasing the potential of landing the next superstar and kind of, you know, passing up on the the chance to bring in just a solid player and, and chasing traits and instead of what's already proven. I don't know. I just think at times it's a little silly. So we're going to go into all of that. But hockey fans, the final chase for the Stanley Cup is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup final, has a can't-miss offer for the most exciting series in sports. New customers can bet $5 on either team to win their game, get $100 in free bets. No matter what, win or lose, you do not even have to get the outcome right. They're just giving out free money. If you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the final with the DraftKings same game parlay, you can do just that. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. New customers bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. With that code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Final. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to talk about one of our newest partners, FOCO. Avs fans, your home for Denver sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. 
DNVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Throw back to 96 with the newly released Joe Sackick Stanley Cup Celebration Bobble, or find your fandom with FOCO's other officially licensed Avalanche gear. If the Avs lift the cup in 2022, you can keep the celebration going alongside your squad with exclusive championship collectibles and merch. The fun doesn't have to stop there, though. Check out their gear, their merch for the other Denver sports teams, including the new Rocky City Connect bobbleheads and more. Head on over to foco.com. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. David Roddy goes number 23 overall. Completely shocks everyone. I mean, this was higher than any of the mocks had at him. I mean, the day before was like Wednesday. I was looking at some of the data where they just kind of do a consensus of all the mocks online. And he was like in the 50s. I mean, there were moments after the combine where he was talking about, you know, potentially going back to school because he was thinking he was going to go undrafted. All the inside info that I had throughout the workout process was that, you know, teams viewed him as a second rounder. And even if you look at, you know, some of the interviews that David's done with some of the national guys, I mean, that's what they were telling him too. So for him to go as high as he did, I mean, nobody saw that coming, not even David. And you could see it with his reaction. And a uh, shout out to CSU, by the way, some really cool photos and videos from his draft party out in Minneapolis. You could just see the the shock and, and the emotion and, and how overwhelming it was for him. And I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it plays into everything we know about David, which is obviously that He's an incredible basketball player, but he's just, he's so hardworking. He's so genuine and humble. One of the coolest stars that I've ever gotten to cover. And to see him have that moment, to see him bet on himself and and to have it just play out perfectly. It was awesome. It was awesome. And a side note real quick. Another thing that was awesome about the, the videos and pictures from draft night, seeing David just wearing normal, comfortable clothes being surrounded by his family and friends. He's not out there wearing some $5,000, you know, suit looking like a jackass. I mean, some of the suits that these guys wear, they look like clowns. I like suits. You know what I, people I'm a, I'm a suit guy. I wear them to, to big time games, but you know, keep it simple. David looked awesome, by the way, in the, in the photos of the suit he was wearing when he got introduced in Memphis today. But I just, it's a small detail. But I again, I think it kind of shows the type of person that David is. He's not, you know, spending money to, you know, stunt on everyone and, and look all flashy. You know, he didn't go out to the draft. That would have been cool, but he wanted to be at home. You know, he wanted to be with his teammates. You saw him and Isaiah embrace each other. And like, again, you can tell the bond that they have is so sincere. And, and you know, that was a big reason why it was hard for David to decide if he was going to leave or not. It was... You know, leaving these guys early was was a really hard decision for him. I just thought it was really cool that we got to see that moment between these two guys that, you know, played such a transcendent role in helping turn around this program. You know, it, again, it's not a two-man show, and I do want to make that clear. While obviously they are the faces of the program, you know, Thistlewood, Kendall Moore, Deshaun Thomas, James Moores, John Tanjay, still there. All these guys. I mean, Isaiah Rivera's been around for a couple of years now. But obviously, I mean, you know, David and, and Isaiah were the stars. They were the faces of the program. And, you know, they, they battled together. It had been a tough couple of years with the pandemic and everything. It, it sucks that they didn't get to have, you know, the experience that they deserved. They should have played in the postseason their freshman year, albeit it would have been like the CBI or something, but still didn't get to have any fans their sophomore year. 
but they got to have this really special junior campaign in which, you know, CSU, they just, they go on a tear and a six, te- uh, six seed, excuse me, in the NCAA tournament and ultimately produce, you know, the conference player of the year who then gets drafted 23rd overall. Awesome. Like I've said, I mean, this is this is great for the program. It's good to have CSU be recognized as a program that can send talent to the NBA, especially, you know, guys that, you know, come in with other schools. When you when you look at a guy like David Roddy, he could have gone to Minnesota. He could have gone to Northwestern or Nebraska, but he wouldn't have gotten the playing time early that he got at CSU. He came here. He got to play. He got coached up by some really, really underrated assistants. I mean, Ali Farouk, Manesh, Dave Thorson, J.R. Blunt, what those guys did over the years, astounding. I really like Cooley and, and you know, Jones, the guys they've got on, on staff now too. But I mean, it, you just, you see the results of having a staff that is fully engaged. And, you know, whether no matter what your opinions were, you know, on Eustace and his staff, they did not develop talent this way. They did not, point blank period. That's not to say that they didn't bring in talented players because they did. You know, Daniel Bejarano coming over from Arizona, JJ Avila, very skilled player, Stanton Kidd, Gian Clavel. But none of those guys got substantially better while they were at CSU. Roddy came in and you knew that he had the potential, but I mean, he was still raw. It was, it was his first year focusing solely on basketball. He was a three sport guy throughout all of high school. You know, football, obviously, he was a quarterback. Did you know that? But he did track too. But that freshman year, you know, defensively, especially, you could see hacked guys a little bit too much, you know, get a little bit frustrated by the moments, but the the potential was there. You could see it. His sophomore year, it it was a lot more consistent on both ends of the floor. Obviously, not quite as dominant as he was this past season, but from a consistency standpoint, you you saw what you wanted. You saw him make that, that jump. And then, you know, from his sophomore to junior year, he went from a, a good starter in the Mountain West to the best player in the entire conference. And that's no longer debatable. I mean, obviously, he won the conference player of the year. That alone, I mean, is a, is a pretty strong argument. But I mean, how many times did we hear, yeah, you know, guys like David, Isaiah, really talented, really skilled players in the Mountain West. But, you know, the best pro prospect is Orlando Robinson or, you know, Bryce Hamilton or, or whoever. Those guys went undrafted. Justin Bean, they went undrafted. I'm rooting for all those guys. Even Drake Jeffries out of Wyoming, who is going to play for the Nuggets in, in the summer league. He's a guy who I think could really make a, a nice impact for them. But David Roddy, first round pick, top 25. Put some respect on his name. Word. All right. Now that I've uh, given my opening thoughts, let's kind of transition here into some of the pros and cons of being drafted by Memphis specifically. All right. Pros. Drafted by a contender with an extremely fun roster and fan base. I mean, the Grizzlies were, if not the most fun, one of the most fun teams in in all of the NBA last year. What they did in the regular season was so impressive. And because of that, it's really exciting. I mean, you look at the the direction of this franchise with John Morant, one of the most explosive young guards in the NBA, a guy that can score at all levels. I mean, Desmond Bain, they have a lot of really intriguing players and they have a city that's completely bought in. I mean, it's raucous. It's awesome. You see them playing, you know, whoop that trick from Hustle and Flow and all the fans are into it. John Morant's daughter is, is dancing on the sideline. They've got rappers, you know, sitting first row, dapping up the players. I mean, it's 
it's a really cool environment and it's a franchise that seemingly is, you know, going to be in contention for the next decade or so. So that's, that's all really, really exciting. On top of that, they have a really strong draft record this last half decade, obviously John Morant, but I mean, they don't miss, they've done a good job of finding this under the radar talent, you know, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, you know, Grayson Allen, some of these guys. And, you know, they're, they're making them winners. I mean, they're, they're just picking good basketball players. They don't really care what, you know, the consensus is of, of some of these guys. So the fact that, you know, Memphis sees what we see, that's, that's validating. And I'll talk about that, you know, a little bit more later, but it, it's exciting. It really is to go to a winning team, a team that, you know, consistently year to year is, is finding talent and, and plucking them out and it's panning out that that's good to see, you know, it makes you feel good about David's potential. The fact that he's a top 25 pick, it, it, I mean, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be around for a long time, but inherently it means that the, the organization is going to show a little bit more commitment and, and be a little bit more patient as far as his development goes just because of the, the draft capital that they've invested in him. You know, that was one of the things we talked about for you know, the last couple of months. How high could he go? You know, we didn't want to see him you know, be a late second round pick and then, you know, bounce around in the G League or something like that. When you're a top 25 pick, when, you know, the team trades up for you like Memphis did, they believe in you. They believe in your potential and they're going to be a little bit more patient. So that's really, really encouraging. Memphis ended up with like five guys in this process, which is crazy because I already felt like they had a ton of young players. But, you know, Roddy was their second draft pick. They had two first round picks, ultimately made a couple of second round picks, and then signed some guys as UDFAs as well, including Kenneth Lofton at a Louisiana Lafayette. They're going to be the most fun summer league team of all time. I can't wait. I hope I can get out there in person, depending on where they play. I'll have to look that up. But they, they got so many young guys. But the fact that, you know, David was a top 25 pick, they're, they're going to be a lot more committed to him, assuming, you know, he shows what he needs to. As far as cons go with getting drafted by Memphis specifically, like I said, it, it does feel like they have a ton of young guys on the roster already. You know, is he going to get buried on a, on a deep team? That could be a little bit of a concern. And then also, you know, I, I said getting drafted by a contender is a pro, but there, there are some negative aspects to it. And that's just that while you do trust the organization, you're excited about the direction that it's heading. It also means that minutes are going to be extremely hard earned. I mean, that was one of the things we talked about with David potentially going to Denver. Like, would it really be the best scenario for him just given, you know, Denver views next season as a championship or bust window after what Memphis did? I don't know if it's championship or bust, but they definitely view themselves, you know, as a team that's going to be in contention they're not just going to be handing out minutes. So, you know, David's really going to have to earn it. He's going to have to play well. I think he has, you know, the ability to do that. But if you end up, you know, on a team like Orlando or something, a, a team that's clearly not going to be in the mix as a rookie, you know, there, there can be some benefits just from getting a chance to get your footing, you know, in a situation where people aren't necessarily, you know, viewing you through a microscope. If you're a contender, you know, everybody's going to be watching. You know, you go down to Orlando, obviously they had RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, uh, Cole Anthony. They, all those guys played pretty well. But did you know that? Probably not because you weren't watching the Orlando Magic. There's a small part of me that feels like maybe that would have been good just from a, a chance of, 
you know, getting getting used to the league, obviously, with without, you know, being in the spotlight. But ultimately I would much rather have David end up in an in a team that has shown that they're competent, and that's Memphis. So I can't wait. Like I said, I summer league, I am going to be locked in in a way that I probably never have been before. I guess when Gian and Emmanuel went on to play for the, what was it? Gian played for Miami. Emmanuel played for Golden State back in 2017. And then Gian also got some run with Dallas. I was pretty into summer league back then, but really, you know, since then I've just kind of tuned out a little bit, watched Bones Highland a little bit with the Nuggets, but I'm going to be all in on Roddy. So it'll be fun to have those games to talk about, especially in July, which is a really dead period for CSU content. All right. I'm going to wrap up here with uh, just a couple more thoughts on what Roddy needs to show as far as sticking in the NBA goes. And I'll give you some final thoughts just on all of this as well. Real quick, want to shout out Colorado's premier dispensary. That is Lightshade, of course, with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations, including the Barnum location, which is now open one block off of 6th Avenue and Federal Boulevard. Biggest store yet. They have specialty products not offered anywhere else. But no matter where you go, Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Truly one of the best in-store experiences I've ever had when it comes to, to a dispensary. Never felt more comfortable. It's down to earth and they hook it up in a major way, guys. Our podcast listeners get 25% off non-sale items. 25%. That is significant when you use the code DNVR. Head to a Lightshade location near you. You can also order online at lightshade.com. Again, just make sure you're using that promo code DNVR to get 25% off your non-sale items. You know, whether you're picking up some flowers, some uh, edibles, or you know, maybe you just want a sleep aid. My girlfriend takes Ripple, which is a they have a couple different versions of it, but she takes the one-to-one THC CBD. It's just a nice little sleep aid. It was, you know, studied at CSU. It's awesome. Fastest quick acting dissolvable on the market. You can pour it right on your tongue if you want. Seriously, guys, ripple dissolvables are fire. And just like, you know, flour or anything else, you can get 25% off when you use that code DNVR. Go to lightshade.com. Check out any of their 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. Cool, cool, cool. This is random. When I was when I was writing the headline, or when I was writing my lead, I should say, for for David being drafted by Memphis, in my head, the song Midnight Train to Georgia, that the lyrics were Midnight Train to Memphis. And I, I had this line, I was like, David Roddy may not be taking the midnight train, but he is headed to Memphis. And I was like, I should probably look it up and make sure that it is in fact Memphis. It's Georgia. I don't know why I had that in my head completely wrong. I tried to make it work with walking in Memphis, but yeah, it just wasn't, it, it, it didn't flow as well. I mean, it's banger song. Don't get me wrong banger song, but did not work the way I wanted it to. Sorry. Anyways, what does Roddy need to show in order to make it in the league? Now, the big thing for him, I think, is just going to be his versatility. Obviously, some people view it as a strength. Some people view it as a weakness. But if he can guard multiple positions, if he can stick with guards, which are going to be quicker than him, if he can stick with forwards that are going to be bigger than him, he's going to be able to hang. You know, he could be a really intriguing rotation option. Especially, you know, if he can continue to hit outside jump shots at the rate that he did last season. I do wonder 
can he create his own shot in the NBA the same way he was able to at the collegiate level, just because obviously everything happens faster. I mean, he's not the biggest guy who's going to be going against them or not the tallest guy, I should say. So he's going to be going against, you know, people with a legit, you know, height advantage on him. Some guys that can jump through the roof. Can he still create for himself the same way? If he can, you know, then he's going to be a stud. Because you already know he's going to be a high IQ guy. You know, he's going to carve out whatever role he needs to to stay on the floor. He's going to understand that, you know, hey, I can't be Mountain West Offensive Player. I keep saying Offensive Player of the Year. Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, David Roddy. You know, he's going to have to be a, a rotation guy, and there's no shame in that. That's that's how you stick in the league. But I think for David, you know, the, the two biggest factors are just going to be, like I said, being able to stick with guards as well as forwards that are bigger than him. Can he bring that? that flexibility from a defensive standpoint. And then offensively, can you knock down open jump shots? Then can you come into the paint, get some rebounds, you know, some putbacks, stuff like that. And just don't be a liability out there is ultimately, you know, what he's going to have to do to show that you make more positives than negatives. Based on what I've seen from him at this point of his career, I think he's got a, you know, strong opportunity. The last thing I just want to say though is that this whole evaluation process with the NFL draft, the NBA draft, it's just so silly the way that, I mean, it gets so overcovered that everybody is just looking for any little hole that they can find because nobody wants to be the guy that, you know, backs a player and says he's going to be great and then he busts and then everybody takes it so personally. I just, I, I, I get it, but like, it ends up with people, you know, nitpicking guys like David Roddy and Trey McBride who are just really clearly good at their respective sports. Are they the most explosive guys out there? No. You know, if, if you're looking for people that are going to blow you away in the underwear Olympics, then, you know, no, their, their traits don't blow you through the roof from an athletic standpoint. But when you watch them actually playing the sport that they are supposed to play, they're pretty fucking good at it. And with a guy like Roddy, if, if you know, you're a little bit concerned about his height and how he's kind of a tweener or whatever, I can understand that. But the people that, you know, trying to act like he was too old because he just turned 21. Good Lord, he's not 31. Like this whole process is just so openly ages. And I understand, you know, it's it's a results business. You know, they're ultimately, if you don't land the right guys, you're going to get fired as a GM. So you're looking for any advantage that you can have being a younger guy, having a longer time to develop in a system that can be a strength. It can be a selling point. But we get so obsessed with these traits and potential and the possibility of what somebody could be that sometimes really good high IQ players from you know winning teams and good conferences, they get overlooked because they're not an 18-year-old that can jump through the building. But what they are you know, a three or four year starter for their team that played winning basketball in big time moments. I think about guys like Monte Morris coming out of Iowa State. Herb Jones last year with Alabama. I mean, Draymond Green was a second round pick. Teams get so caught up in trying to find the next generational star and, and they fixate on these traits and potential that they overlook really good basketball players that are right in front of them. Are they going to be the, the best player in the NBA? No. But are they going to be good pieces on winning teams at the next level? Yes. And if you're a winning team, if you're a well-run organization, you're going to be able to find a role for a guy like that. And that's that's why I'm really excited about David's potential. And I'm just excited that an NBA team saw what we saw. 
my guy Brendan Vogue, who'd been on the Rams pod a couple times these last couple weeks from the Nuggets beat, you know, he tweeted out, this should be really validating for CSU fans. NBA teams saw what you saw. You know, everyone, you know, tried to tell us, you know, oh, he's not big enough or he's not tall enough. He's too chubby. He's this, he's that. You know what he is now? First round draft pick. The only one out of the Mountain West this year. So I'm stoked for him. I, I could not be happier, could not be prouder of David. I am extremely thankful that I had, you know, obviously the opportunity to cover him these last three years as a whole. I mean, I remember talking to him when he committed to CSU and just being really impressed with his maturity and his entire demeanor. He, the entire time he was at CSU, he could not be more, more gracious, you know, easy to work with, just a down to earth guy. And then obviously getting to work with him, you know, a little bit more intimately on on the podcast or more consistently would maybe be a better way to phrase it. I don't, you guys know what I mean? Getting to do it regularly and getting to know him on a, on a little bit deeper level. I just, he, he is one of the favorite people I've ever gotten to cover. And I'm really thankful. I'm glad that he was a part of team DNVR. Same with Trey McBride could not have been luckier when it came to NIL this past season. And I hope we can get hooked up with some more Ram athletes this upcoming year. Working on that behind the scenes. We'll see what happens with all of that. What I do know, though, is I am extremely here to rock a Grizzlies ratty jersey. The the just traditional, you know, Navy, those are slick. I'll rock that. I'm really hoping I can get a throwback. If I can get a throwback ratty jersey, I mean, just take my take it all. Take all my money. That is a fire fit and a half. So another win. You know, not only does Roddy end up on a winning team, but he ends up on a team with a little bit of drip that we can rock, you know, confidently. I'm excited that Trey ended up in Arizona, but their jerseys kind of suck, if we're being honest. Just boring uniforms. They're not bad. They're not good. Memphis has good uniforms, and I'm, I'm stoked about that. Uh, that's all I have for today. We'll get some more guests on in the future to talk about, in the near future, to talk about Roddy's fit with Memphis. I'll try to get some Grizzlies-oriented uh, content creators Highly recommend you follow Chris Vernon if you're looking for a Memphis guy. I had listened to his podcast anyways. He often goes on the ringer with like Bill Simmons and that type of stuff. But the Chris Vernon show, really, really good stuff. I know he'll be stoked that Memphis landed Roddy. All right, that's all I have for today. Much love to all of you. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Go Avs. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade 
and they sweet as mama's marmalade and this should sound like summer days the windows down on harmony the family band sing harmonies my daddy played the drums and my mama slapped that bass and my sister sang these songs dancing hand in hand we were tripping two left feet like a middle school slow dance no one knew how to leave but i'm so thankful for these days they put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis You said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely You can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp 404s and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every girl that wanna date me introspective but scatterbrained on the daily i'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing i know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything and the peaches out from palisade and they sweet as mama's marmalade and this shit sound like summer days the windows down on harmony the family band sing harmonies my daddy play the drums and my mama slapped that bass and my sister sang these songs dancing hand in hand we were tripping two left feet like a middle school slow dance no one knew how to leave but i'm still thankful for these days they put a smile on my face